Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey gang, you whippersnappers, you. Kevin Goatee, gutting the sacred cow. How are you today? How's it hanging? I'm a little to the right with a little bit of stench down there. Did you need to know that? No, you did not. Good news, new week, new episode. Thank you so much for being part of our family. We truly appreciate the living hell out of you for that. Please continue for the five-star rating, two or three sentence reviews, if you have not yet done so. This week, Will Noonan is going to take on Meet the Parents, the film that your parents and grandparents probably love, but Will hates the shit out of it. So, thank you so much again for everything. We love you all. GuttingTheSacredCow.com. Don't forget to go there. Check out our blogs every day, as well as our merch shop. Without further ado, here's Will Noonan doing Meet the Parents. Gather round, here's what I know It's just that this cow has got to go I know some people kind of like it, yeah, it's trending right now It doesn't matter cause we're gutting the sacred cow Dylan, you son of a bitch. Kevin Israel, name that film. Dylan, you son of a bitch. Uh, my favorite movie of all. That was that's, it's my it's my second favorite, my favorite action movie, Predator. What's your first favorite action film? No, this is my that is my first. That is my favorite action. Oh, I thought you said second. I'm sorry. Okay, probably my, it's probably my second favorite movie. Oh, all right. Well, that was a quick, easy one. I I was hoping you'd get that. We we bat 500 with you on these quotes. Yeah, maybe, well, maybe, maybe, maybe a little less. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, Gutting the Sacred Cow. Here we are back again. Everyone, thank you so much for continuing to give us those five-star ratings and two- and three-sentence reviews. We love you. And don't forget, if you want to advertise with this podcast, as you've heard right now in the ads, or if you heard a few ads before the podcast has started, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. We want to welcome our guest today, Will Noonan. Will, what's going on, man? How are you? What's up, boys? What's up, Kevin's? How are you guys? It's great to be here. Well, thanks Stop for coming. Man. We're, we're doing we're doing all right. Will, tell everybody what you're up to and where we can find you. 
Uh, I'm a comedian, uh, sometimes actor. You can find me at willnoon.com or on Twitter uh, on the Noon Show. Or you can find my YouTube show, The Noonan Show, uh, on YouTube. And also we have merch. Word. I'm holding. I like it. So how many times have people told you you uh, sound exactly like Christian Slater? I get it every I get it all the time. I do radio spots. Uh I do like voiceover, you know, so people say people write letters to the companies like, Did you get Christian Slater or a guy that sounds like Christian Slater? Yeah. The nice well, people say, imp- Jack, you do a great impression of somebody. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of different, yeah. <laughs> brother, brother, man. Uh, but they, um, yeah, like the nice people will say Jack Nicholson, but I know what they really mean. They mean <laughs> Christian Slater. <laughs> She's kind of a cunt. No. What's up, Frank? It's like, I just smoke a lot of pot and I have a deviated septum. That's all you need to have a solid Christian Slater voice. <laughs> <laughs> you an Elvis man? I'm an Elvis man. I can't. An Elvis man. I can't even. I can do. I used to. I don't do a lot of impressions, but I can. I like to do Nicholson from Chinatown. He's like, I like my nose. I like breathing through it. That's, that's uh. <laughs> we, we got busting the nose. I think. I know, Chinatown's a good one. I like that film. It's uh. It holds Sick. up. Excellent. That's a good movie. A movie I like all the way through. And unlike Chinatown, Will has picked a film he flat out fucking hates, hence the theme of this podcast, and that is the 2000 hit Meet the Parents. Mm-hmm. Budget budget of $55 million, a box office haul of $330.4 million. Turn that into $2021. Sure, Ooh. I did the math. $84.6 million budget. $508.2 million haul. You know what's more amazing to me about those numbers? We, we recently taped E.T., and E.T.'s budget was $29 million. And I realized that was a number of years before Meet the Parents, but still. Wow. They made E.T. for $29 million, and this movie cost $55 million. And E.T. had, yeah. better, and e- <laughs> had better special effects in Ghostbusters, as I want to remind everybody. It's also now... Now we know why there were like five sequels to Meet the Parents. Those are some pretty sweet box office. <laughs> no, no, we know the reason why. It's because it was in the post this weekend. De Niro's ex-wife has a real hankering for Stella McCartney. <laughs> was it $200,000 a month she's spending on her credit cards? I mean, can't you oh, just, so- yeah, a hitman is cheaper. I just want to point that out. So that's why De Niro started getting into comedies and stuff. Cause that was my whole, I was like, this film marks the beginning of like, what the fuck is Robert De Niro doing right oh, now? Oh, we like, get into that. Hold on, hold on, Will. We, you're like a coked up Christian Slater ready to fire away. He's ready to make cuffs. He's ready to make cuffs too right now. <laughs> IMDB, as we know, is a scale one through 10 with decimal points. Hey, Will, what what do you think Meet the Parents scored on IMDb? Oh. I guess because they're pretty kind over at IMDb. Sometimes I'm going to guess like a six point four. Kevin Israel, seven flat. Seven flat on the nose. Ah! He's back, baby. Wow, we, time. we missed that's you. For what, a that's how you do it, Noonan. <laughs> Tell me, Will, do you have a brother named Danny? No, but. Uh, Damn it, that's, that a lot. You get it all the, the time, though, don't you? I, I do, and I was at the ball game today, and uh, people yell Noonan, you know, like at the ball players. They still do that. Like they, guys really? about to, yeah, a guy was going to catch fly ball, and people in the crowd were going, Noonan, Noonan, Noonan. Oh, miss, Noonan, miss. <laughs> like, it's been so long. 
You got it. Your parents missed an opportunity to have a sibling for you named Danny, and that I have Danny. cousins. I have cousins. I have a cousin named Danny. Danny. And he loves golf. Is he a looper? You know, caddy, looper, jock. Yeah. You know. He's got a He's got a going for him. I'll be here all fucking day. If I don't get me started, I'll be here for another hour and a half. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes score is a one through 100 percentage based. Kevin Israel, what did the critics give Meet the Parents? I got it. 63. Will Noonan. This critic, I'm going to go a little lower. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 59. 84. Wow. I'm surprised you guys went that low. I knew the critics liked this one. Uh, Yeah. Oh yeah. This was, this was, this was very well revered with critics. Now I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember it being like popular, almost like a Jerry Marshall type of like movie. People were like, Oh, it's feel good. And I was like, there's nothing feel good about this. Movie. You mean Gary, <laughs> Gary Marshall. I thought you meant Gary Marshall. Yeah. Audience score. Will let's see. Who's, if, sorry about who, who is Jerry Marshall? I is don't he know anybody. It's his cousin. <laughs> who is the, uh, the third PA on the, on league of their own. Pulled up right out of he's my good, ass. Though. He's good yeah. One of the best in the business. <laughs> he's yeah. like the Ron so. Howard. He's like the, he's like the cliff Howard to Ron cliff. Howard, but behind the scenes. You're absolutely right. And it's Clint Howard. So wow. let's be correct. We're, we're correcting each other. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. One and one. Even, one and one, bro. Even, even Stevens. <laughs> Get, hey, uh, Will, give me the audience Rotten Tomatoes score for Meet the Parents. Oh, like 90% because it's dumbass country. <laughs> Kevin Israel, what, what say you? Yeah, I always think if the critics are that high, the audience is lower. But the, I know this movie was huge. Yeah, I'm going to go. 79. Ah, damn it. I should have gone lower. Quotes. $13 for a bottle of mums. You can get a lot of mums. Judah Friedlander. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Pre dirtbag look. The (laughs) The obvious, I have nipples too, Greg. Can you milk me? And I think the best line of the film, if Florence Nightingale would play a little defense over here. (laughs) <laughs> that scene was all right. Yeah. There, Best line. There's, there's not, it's not that there's not moments. Yeah. Ke- Kevin Israel, what quotes do you have? You telling me Jews don't pray. I knew that was coming out of you. <laughs> That's it. You know, I mean, all, then all the other obvious ones. Will, what about you? Any quotes? Uh, one of the, one of my favorite quotes from the movie is uh, when he goes, uh, Hey, you know, I figured no better role model than Christ. <laughs> You know, and he said, and then, uh, he, and then, um, De Niro says, Greg's Jewish. And he goes, JC was a Jew. You're in good company. I like that. <laughs> I like that part. That was a good line. Nice. I see, nice, I see. like, nice, uh, sort of condescending, like, uh, work there by Owen Wilson. I wish I was at Kevin Israel's house to watch this as he watched it. Cause every time De Niro reminding Stiller that he was Jewish, I could see Kevin Israel punching a pillow, pillow going, God damn it. I've oh, done, but you know what? As like all those stupid little like, oh, we're gonna say something that we think is like nice to say, but it's actually a little bit offensive. I dealt with all because I mean I was the only Jew Jew in town growing up, so like yeah. every time something Jewish like a holiday or something, they'd be like, "Well, Kevin knows about that." I'd be like, "No, I'm a terrible Jew. I don't know about any of this shit. I don't have anything to say about any of this." <laughs> Kevin, these are coupons. You know what those are, right? <laughs> Kevin, I can't work this out. A big house? Could, yeah. could you work out the tip on this bill, Kevin? I can't figure it out. All right, today we're learning business with the difference between wholesale and retail. 
Kevin Israel, go. Twelve percent. Twelve and a half is easier for the number for the one eighth. Listen, this is all fun and giggles. We could sit here and do Jewish stereotypes all fucking day long. All this day. <laughs> Lord, that's Kevin Israel's wheelhouse, not mine. Until the sundown when we're not allowed to do it anymore. <laughs> For four more days, you son of a bitch. You're good. I like you. Well. My beautiful circumcised penis. <laughs> <laughs> It's now time, though, for Kevin Kevin Israel. It's now time for Will Noonan because he's I, I detect a bit of acidity in his voice when talking about Meet the Parents. So let's not hold the man back any longer. Let's let him go ahead and gut the, the sacred cow. Hey, gang. We here on the show often use the expression, that doesn't happen. You know how we can say that with such confidence? Because we have an actual fucking scientist sponsoring this show. That's right. Mr. A.M. Compson is our new sponsor, and he's helping spread scientific knowledge with his new lecture series. Are you a nerd who thinks school is too tough? Go to A.M. Compson to find books on a wide range of science and mathematics topics. That's university-level teaching at a fraction of the cost. Are you a tough guy who thinks school is for nerds? Then go to A.M. Compson and pick up the night school version of these books, which has the same exact information condensed with punchlines and swearing. New material every few weeks. It's like OnlyFans, but their fathers are actually proud of them. So go to amcompson.com today to start learning science. That's amcompson.com. Good work on that, guys. <laughs> it's not easy on Zoom, you know? No. <laughs> I enjoyed the... Uh, I enjoyed the symphony of your voice as much more than I enjoyed this film. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I want to say I saw this. This was the first movie in my life that I ever walked out of in my whole life. That's why I chose it. When I was, I was probably an 18 or 17 year old when this movie came out. I was in, in senior, senior year of high school. And as I rewatched it today, I was thinking, you know, of course I hated this movie when I was a 17 or 18 year old, because that was an awkward stage of my life in this movie you know, is all about this awkward guy and these awkward situations. And I think I, I just had enough awkwardness in my life. And that's what I thought, like, as the movie started, because I'm giggling here and there and I'm laughing. But then I'm like, you know what? I'm starting to feel the same exact feelings I felt in high school. I hate this. I hate these people. And I feel bad for Greg, even though I, I think if you look at this movie objectively, it's about a couple in a relationship that's rushing into things. Ten months is way too soon to be getting engaged then uh he's weird he's he's friends with all the kids in her class that she teaches after 10 months he's close enough with a bunch of five-year-olds to get them to help him with an engagement i don't like that that's weird and also you could never trust a room full of kids to keep a secret like that in a million years um (laughs) but i think i think if you really just look at who greg is in this movie he's just an incredibly cool and tolerant guy with some moderate social anxiety issues. Like he may say the wrong thing from time to time, but I think for the most part in this thing, he's just being repeatedly insulted, sometimes racially. 
Sometimes. <laughs> being Jewish. <laughs> yeah. His manhood is being questioned. There's anti-Semitism being thrown at him. And I, I remember thinking, I was watching the scene where he said grace. And I remember being in the theater of people at the time laughing at how like stupid this guy was trying to say grace. And I'm like, if you watch this scene through a 2021 lens, it's like extremely endearing that he's trying so hard to like please these people and be a good guy. He made it um, yeah, the whole the whole movie I'm watching this just going like, Greg, like you're better than this these people. You're better than Pam. You're better than Robert De Niro. One of the only people in this movie I kind of like is Blythe Danner with her boozy wine glass. She just comes in every scene like, oh, God, what's happening with you? And that <laughs> I like. That I won't take anything away. But De Niro, bad and careless, ex-CIA spy with a strange sexual fix, uh, fixation on both his daughters and his mother. That one scene with the urn totally lets you into the fact that him and his mom had some weird fucking sexual relations that he's now working out with a cat. Then you get <laughs> Pam. Yeah, toilet issues. Come on, we all know that's related to your mom and sex and all that stuff. Pam, who Ben Stiller has for some reason fallen in love with so quickly, is a total sociopath, if not possibly a psychopath. She's one of those women who has a job like a nursery school teacher, but at the same time is hiding this entire engagement that she had with Owen Wilson. When you see the pictures at Owen Wilson's house, they obviously were a serious couple. They went skydiving together. They went on like five or six vacations together. And she just doesn't really let him know how serious this was. So that's like a huge issue. He should never like, there's like 15 things in this movie where he should call the engagement off because of her. Right. So then, and she doesn't really have his back until like things get really out of control and she's finally like dad, but she lets him walk all over him into that point. So that was one of the things I think, you know, I kind of can laugh at the movie here and there. I think it's a funny movie until that big scene where like everything is ruined and they finally have that big confrontation and the family throws Greg out and the, and Pam takes the side of her father and everyone else and he goes to the airport and the whole t- tone of the movie changes right there it becomes like a drama for like 25 minutes and i remember the scene i walked out on as a teenager there was only like 15 minutes left in the movie it was on the airplane when ben stiller starts being an asshole to the stewardess on the plane and i'm like now no one in this movie is likable he just called her stubby and ugly and like it has sticks in her hair and i'm like she's just trying to be a stewardess then he gets arrested robert de niro sits down and basically just says you know i thought about it and i'm sorry (laughs) and ben stiller goes okay you know you completely were an anti-semite you like ruined my whole life uh like your daughter's a psycho she lied to me about a million things and i don't see a single possible scenario where spending any more time with you people is in total utter despair and misery. But you know what? Because you asked so nicely, I think I will just put this all behind me and go home with you and like set it all up. And I hate movies that fucking end like that. You know what I mean? So it's just a movie about a bunch of assholes who like are mean, you know what I mean? And then the guy you think is not an asshole proves himself to be a huge asshole on the airplane to the stewardess. And then you walk out of here going like, I think I just had anxiety for 90 minutes and I don't really feel like that was a good time. So that's how I feel about meet the parents. Good soundtrack. Love the soundtrack. Owen Wilson. I'm a big fan. Blythe Danner. I'm a big fan. And there were moments where I laughed. I got to say, uh, and I do like a subdued Ben Stiller as compared to what he became. 
later in his career, but I think this was a shitty movie and it was the beginning of De Niro being like, oh, isn't it funny when I'm like, you know, I, I'm like in a comedy. Because <laughs> I'm normally not in comedy, you know? It sounds like you didn't, it sounds like you probably didn't like the comedian. <laughs> Which one was that? Which one was the comedian? Oh, that, was that with Jerry? That Jerry, was one. That Jerry was one, that was one where Jessica Kirsten smoked him on stage, and people tried to think that De Niro was funny in that film. Oh, you know what? I couldn't even watch. I can't. I can't. I can't watch things about stand-up comedy, and especially something like that. But I do remember when they were filming that, and like every comedian in New York was like, "I'm best friends with Robert De Niro right now." Okay. Yeah. So my, many my, pictures my, of the yeah. Era. Oh yeah, yeah. My asshole fucking sent shivers up my butthole watching that film and those scenes. They go, nope, that doesn't happen. Nope, that doesn't happen. What was the What was the movie? The Adam Sandler movie about stand up? Um, oh, uh, oh, oh. The way where he's dying and all that. With, yeah. Uh, with yeah. what's his face? I Which forgot. is just a weird. Like it starts out as one movie and then ends up as a completely different movie. Yeah. Two and a half fucking uh, hours later, Apatow, cut that shit down. Yeah, what was that movie? I almost said Punchline, but that's not. That's the other one. But you think of, you think of punch, drunk, watching, punch Drunk Love, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's not it. It's the beginning else. of it, the stand-up stuff, I just remember being like, it doesn't work like that. Like, no. it's, never, it's never as clean as they make it. Even when they try to make it look like a grind in movies, it's never like that. It's never <laughs> no. like you just have to do a few shitty gigs and yeah. then it works out. 35, yeah. <laughs> 35, 35 minutes later, he's a goddamn warm-up back for a fucking morning show. Yeah, that's always happen. like that. Yeah, yeah it's most, always like Most the, of the uh, comedy yeah. for comedians is more like The Wrestler than it is like any other <laughs> yeah, hang, hang, hang out in high school gyms with fucking degenerates for twenty five dollars in merch and autographs. Or That's like, exactly what comedy's like. Finding yourself at in a hotel room in a small town at ten thirty with nothing to do and no one to talk to, and like you're, I'm not going to sleep. You're on New York like one o'clock time. I, that used to happen to me. I'd be like, it's ten thirty. I'm in Pennsylvania. I know no one, and I would just sit there. That's time to break the record of jerking off in one day and go. <laughs> exactly. I did a show out in PA. Kev, you can cut this all, obviously. Um, I did a show <laughs> out in PA a while ago. It was out in like uh, like Amish country somewhere at a hotel club that I can't even remember the name of. And I the show and, and I was I, I was like running late to get there and I couldn't get anything to eat. And I think it was two shows on a Friday. And by the time it was done, I was like, is there any place to eat? And they're like, well, there's a Wawa or something up the road. And I was like, that's fine. And I ran out and there was this group of women who were in the show who were like, hey, comedian. They didn't even remember my name. And I saved my name like five times in my act. <laughs> and they were like, hey, comedian. And I was like, hey. And they're like, we liked your show. And I was like, okay. They're like, come here, come here, come here. And I was like, all right. And I walk over and they were like, we're going to go back to her house and do some drugs. And they said drugs. <laughs> Which is something you don't say when you're going to do drugs. And like, under yeah, undercover co- under, undercover cops do. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> I just turned around and left. Yeah, like that's yeah. the last thing so, I ever ever so go. This, in the middle of Western PA do drugs. Never. So I already know. All, I already know all I need to know. And the answer, the question was going to be, were these women less than a four? And the answer is yes. I mean, what, what, nothing in that story should have made them a more than a four. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As soon as you said Western PA, I'm like, coal miners, that's all I need to know. Yeah. Hey, hey Will, give me a scale. Give me a, uh, sorry, give me a number on the old one to 10 scale for Meet the Parents from you. I'm going to give it a three because it's not a total waste of time. You know, there, there's some funny, especially the first 20 minutes, there's some real funny moments, but I, I, yeah, I give it a three out of 10, <laughs> especially for such a big hit. I just don't get it. 
Got it. These notes yeah. brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com. I got my own T-shirt here, goddammit, Will Noonan. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. Go to, go to guttingthesacredcow.com every day for new blogs or a list of 10 movie news, movies we've seen, that doesn't happen, movie quotes, all that shit, as well as the merch shop at guttingthesacredcow.com and GTSC Podcast on Twitter. Give us a follow. Give us a like. You'll uh, – You'll, 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 you'll love the way you look, as Men's Warehouse says, right? That has no bearing in this fucking conversation. thought I'd shoot one in there. <laughs> well, that guy's a creep with the voice. We'll, we'll take the sponsorship, Men's yeah. Warehouse. Yeah, Men's Warehouse. <laughs> we'll wear your suits on camera. Notes! Kevin, I'm going to go first this time. Please. The opening scene, the very first five seconds we see, my question to you fellows is this. Is Ben Stiller wearing lipstick? His lips were yes. very, very, very red. Yeah, there's a, I actually, it's funny you say that. My first thought was, oh, is this, is it HD? Is it like they didn't wear as much makeup in the eight, like late nineties? I'm like, what is it? But something is different about his look. And it was probably the lipstick. Did I rent this in SD on Amazon? Like some of the reviews yeah, yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. Next. I don't do that, bro. I, I, spur, I splurge. <laughs> yeah. Will's I, got that kind of cash. Yeah. We paid yeah, you know. $4 like adults do. How about the that doge hell, yeah, the doge coin <laughs> the second episode in a row we talked about this how the hell how the hell did ben uh, stiller get those kids do, to do that proposal without a parent doing a search in the megan's law database that's my first question completely and com- completely irrational you should know from that moment the movie's going to be weird <clears throat> the daughter his girlfriend she calls de niro daddy and jumps in his arms and spins around. At that point, if that's me, I immediately get in my car and head back to the airport. <laughs> what was the other movie we talked about that where they call? Was it what movie was it where I was like, if you call your father daddy, get out. There was there was at least two other movies. Get, it, it was get, it was Get Out. That was the movie. It was Get yeah, Out. Oh shit! You're right. It was it was Get Out, and then it, I think it was also uh, Dirty Dancing. Get out. That's hilarious. Get out and get out. Good, um, you, it's a good uh, you, rule for real life, too. Yeah. You, <laughs> you, you meta sexual. I meant to do that. that was I know. All, that was I know. Comedy. This is these are the good old days when De Niro did not take every role thrown at him, including community college plays that air on public access. This this film is the epitome film for dumb people. Here's why they telegraph the shit out of all the plot points. Hey, we taught Jinx the cat how to use the toilet. Jinx can't survive outside. He's an indoor cat. You might as well flash a neon fucking sign out there saying, Jinx is going to go outside. Something bad's going to happen in 20 minutes. Stay tuned. De Niro is male nurse shaming. Someone is about to get canceled. I find Ben Stiller as funny as breaking out into cold sweats while holding in diarrhea as you're stuck in gridlock traffic. Minute 25 in, nary a smirk. (laughs) Fun fact about Kevin Goatee, someone ever whips a poem out to read at dinner? I whip out my car keys to leave. Shut up, Robert Frost, and pass the fucking potatoes. That's all I'm there for. Which would be worse, Kev, a poem or a dance routine? (laughs) <laughs> the dance routine because only one person's involved in that if it's a routine two are and it's a conspiracy and i'm fucking out of there i don't know about you guys but watching ben stiller eat green beans with his hand and not a fork angered the shit out of me 
What a savage. I do it. I do that too. I do. I eat too many things. I eat bacon with my hands too. I eat bacon with my hands too. Oh, but green beans, green, yeah, thank, green beans, not with your hands. You fucking savages. I caught some looks eating bacon with my hands recently. Do you really? I, 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 I don't know anybody who's bacon with a fork. To be honest, no, no. yeah. If you eat bacon with a fork, I'm I'm suspect of. You. I put you in the same class as those who use a knife and fork to eat pizza. If you eat bacon with a fork, those people should just be killed. But I'd also yeah. say if you put ketchup on your bacon, you're a fucking weirdo. That's oh, chemical, I never even, never even seen that chemical <laughs> chemical sterilization. Although I will <laughs> I will add a caveat. My wife makes amazing chocolate covered bacon where she does baker's chocolate, mixes it up, puts it on the bacon, throws it in the fridge. Cools it off. Half an hour later, you're jizzing your pants. I promise you, it's fucking yeah, good. I, I always thought it was gross, and then I actually had it. And so I good. Like, oh, so this good. is delicious. A good treat. It is an eye-opening moment. I'm terrible at Photoshop, as we've seen during the early episodes where I would Photoshop <laughs> us on our episode art cover until the lovely guys at STSC podcast do our work for us. I'm terrible at Photoshop, but holy shit, those photos with De Niro in his basement were about as, as realistic as Real Housewives lips. Those were so bad. I thought the same thing. I was like, wow, guys, could you like take five more seconds on this? Like an actual pencil eraser to just smooth out the edges. I actually a little thought bit. that was part of the joke. I thought it was supposed like, Oh, no. Oh, no. Bad. They tried to pass that off as like a legit, like that, you know. Okay. Martha Fokker. Oh, we get it. His last name is Fokker, which is close to fucker. Wow. This is genius. This film is perfect for middle America who says, oh, don't you know I love this movie because they don't use cuss words, but they're almost cuss words. And if you say cuss words, I want you to answer a hot iron twice, one for each ear, dummies. <laughs> fun fact about me. Thank you, Will. Uh, fun fact about me. I've made, an, I've made a point to have sex with every girl I dated in her parents' house, specifically after I was told not to. And now that I have a, go- a daughter, God damn it, I will be putting up creepy photos, urns, everything in my house to dissuade my daughter from doing the same thing when she reaches that time because that you're, is not fun. You're like Mark Wahlberg. Now I pop both your cherries. Oof. <laughs> oh, God. You'll see... Warning, this podcast is inappropriate, dumb, and should not be listened to. Oral discretion advised. I do this in the name of science. Jeff, which kid took the gummy bears? Can you name a famous trombone player? How do you know my name? I'm Santa. That was the best I've ever seen. Thanks, bro. Every episode is a different story with different people played by different actors. Sometimes. I know I've told you this before, but I don't like you. Is this because we want to get a dog? How? We got a dog. Wham! Let's get a dog. Toledo. You're disrespecting painting, you Can you believe he said that? No, man. Can't change my mind on this. I wish for a bigger Boy, if I was listening to this on some other podcast that was running a trailer for it, I would sure go listen to it. You know what? Split-second decision. All of it's real. Yes, I would murder Santa Claus. Check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Fat Tango Presents is a monthly scripted comedy show. Each episode is a self-contained short story that showcases the sick, twisted senses of humor of its creators. Episodes range from podcast parodies to supernatural encounters and cartoonish ridiculousness. New episodes release the first Monday of every month. Fat Tango is also launching its podcast network this month, so go to their website, FatTangoProductions.com, and follow them on social media, at Fat Tango Podcast on Twitter, and at Fat Tango Productions on Instagram. Thanks again, guys. Here we go. You'll see me in a Philadelphia Eagles jersey on my body and a dildo on my forehead before you see me wearing a cable knit sweater. Hey, Irish people, they're not fucking fashionable. Stop it. <laughs> those are the, those are the cool. I've been gifted so many of those in my life and they just go right to like my, they just go right into storage. You know, they're like, they're like, they're like pink installation. I just have boxes of them in my basement. Collecting gonna, dust. They must make the best jizz rags known to man. <laughs> the next episode of storage wars, they're going to be like, we got a whole container of Cable knit sweaters. Ooh, yeah. If my basement ever like burst into flames, it would burn for two months. <laughs> <laughs> and it would smell like burning sheep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Be the great the great sweater fire of Boston to twenty twenty one. So like potatoes and fucking Jameson. <laughs> Here's another film that goes on the Mount Rushmore of black people saying fucking white people. <laughs> Ben Stiller's character gives zero reasons why she fell in love with him. He's a douche. He's not a douche. He's a dork. He, he wanted to become a nurse so he could do several specialties while taking care of patients. That's the one and only factor that I can buy into her saying, like, I like this guy. He's a big pussy. He's a big beta male. I don't see how she falls in love with this guy. There's nothing to him. He has no backbone, no spine, no nothing. He's not funny. There's nothing about him that's memorable. He would be the perfect FBI agent. Ironically, De Niro plays the FBI agent. At least Owen Wilson, who I fucking can't stand, he has at least attractive qualities about it, which I get. Uh, God damn it. I want three things in my house. An indoor pool like Owen Wilson has a sit-down Spy Hunter arcade game, and wall-to-wall nudes of Ma Fratelli from the Goonies. Is that too much to ask? I don't think so. <laughs> that house was beautiful, though. That was I was like, man. Owen. Indoor pool? That's when you're like, I, I, I made it. Fuck you guys. I made I it. Would another pool. Why? Another thing that I, makes the daughter... always feel like they're dirty. Like, it feels like... like it's always, like, dank. Like... I know what you mean, but oh, so like, outdoor pools with smell. leaves and pollen and dead animals find their way in their pool because Donna and Greg had a fucking pool. I know you had it too. That's much cleaner. I don't think so. Hey, listen, <laughs> we only found two dead muskrats in our pool, and we got <laughs> imagine them, if so. imagine if you were home, if you met a girl and you were in her hometown, and she brought you to her ex fiance's mansion to play water polo and made you wear a speedo while you did it. Would you break up with that person? Like, no, I would, not, I would, know? I would fuck her in her ex fiance's bathroom to prove my point <laughs> or on the law, on the laundry or the washing machines. Because <laughs> not, I, and also not, not to go off topic, but I like how no one in the no one in that uh, water polo game was like, Hey, Greg's the most in shape guy here. Right. <laughs> yeah, He was ripped as shit. He I was like, yeah. God damn, Ben Stiller hit the fucking weights hard. Yeah, like no one was like, oh, good Greg, point. you're like an amateur bodybuilder. Right. <laughs> he read that script and was like, I have to be in a Speedo. I'll be working out yeah. for the next six yeah. months. He probably was like, in Tropic like, Thunder training for that. 
Yeah. <laughs> like if this movie was a documentary, like everyone would have been like, well, I guess Greg's cool. Like, fuck, I'm sorry. And like, you can be part of the family. <laughs> the mom, I'm sorry, I, I, I went ahead of myself. The first time I legit LOL'd in this film was the, hey, Florence Nightingale, play some fucking defense. Like that was the first time I laughed watching this film, just to give you an idea where we're going to go. The mom, Blythe Danner, jumps in the pool fully clothed because her daughter got a bloody nose. Ready? One, two, three. That doesn't happen. Even my mother, the kraut of all krauts, would have taken a look at me and went, two or three Kleenexes, you'll be fine. Even in today's day and age, someone hits himself in the pool, or even if they're drowning, someone is going to take off, drop their pants, take off their shoes, and make sure their cell phone is not in their pocket before diving in the pool to save their drowning kid. <laughs> That's my promise to you. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I once jumped over a, uh, a brick barrier in a mall, outside a mall, and I slammed my knee into the corner and left a chunk of my flesh on the corner of the brick barrier. And I looked and I could see the bone, my kneecap bone. And my mom took me home and put bandages around it. And I was like, shouldn't I go to the hospital? And she's like, you'll be fine. 80s. And I still have the scar. <laughs> Neosporin, oh Neosporin and Band-Aids. 80s, man. We survived. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we sure does. Yeah, plenty of scars. The Mountie strap-on dildo that they found <laughs> in the luggage is fucking hilarious. Because can yeah. you imagine how much better that show, You Can't Do That on Television on Nickelodeon, would have been? <laughs> can, someone, can you imagine Alanis Morissette wearing that in the show while fucking someone in the ass going, oh, sorry, I don't know what the fuss is on the boot. <laughs> it would have been funny if they put it in the slot and just yeah. randomly. So once I while, don't know. Yeah. I think a dildo's oh, in oh, the, the head. Dildo again. Yeah, <laughs> what do you think's in the burgers? I yeah. heard oh, that. Yeah, that, that Literally, so, yeah. three people listening to this know what we're talking about. I know. Yeah. Oh, I know. Listen, as long as those three are laughing, fuck yeah. the rest of you. Google that shit. Yeah. It's a sad, sad, sad day when you have to see Robert De Niro in a beret. Mm -mm. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Dude, are you kidding me? He beat up mobsters and he was ace fucking Rosty in a casino and he's wearing a fucking queefy beret. Not my de hashtag, not my De Niro. Yeah. If Ben Stiller truly wanted to race and beat Robert De Niro home, he would have punched it like Dominic Toretto through those red lights on his way home to a barbecue in Corona's. Kevin Israel, I expected more out of you on that one. Thank you for yeah, your feedback. I was actually, I was Googling something about that scene that I needed to find out. But right. you can have any beer in here. As long yeah, as it's corona. corona. Why, and this ties into another that doesn't happen moment. Why does everyone button mash when typing on keyboards in the movies? That woman at the flight attendant at the airline checking him in for the ticket to go home was smashing those buttons as I smashed tri-deltas yeah. in, my, in my fraternity days. That doesn't happen. Just like, in, again, 40-year-old virgin. They're playing fucking Mortal Kombat. They're going, no, that's not that. how Mortal Kombat is played as someone who plays and still plays a lot of Mortal Kombat. I hate when they hold the controller in a weird way. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, that's the which worst. means you don't play video games. Yeah. Stop it.
if they had a if they had a, if they had a weed consultant on set for Pineapple Express, one of those PA nerds should have been like, uh, Mr. Rogan, this is how Mr. Mr. Uh, and uh, and Paul, what's what's Ant Man's name? Rudd. Paul Rudd and uh, Mr. Rudd, this is how you hold a controller, not like you're trying not to like do this. a telegraph. Yeah, not like, yeah. Not, like you're, not like you're whipping eggs for scrambled eggs for Christ's sake. Yeah. It's supposed uh, to be dead behind the eyes, just like. <laughs> <laughs> ben, Sor- ben Sor's flight leaves at 2.36 a.m. When the fuck was the last time a plane leaving after midnight? That doesn't happen. <laughs> I got to say that I missed the three, like a 3.30 flight to D.C. right before COVID. So <laughs> They have <laughs> flights that early. I thought, listen, I didn't think. That I was have- idiotic of me to try and save $100 and be that stupid. You sound like my brother flying connecting flights to save 50 bucks. Oh, that's that's a that's lesson my, you have to learn the hard way. That he did, paying, and he did, and he did. Avoiding connecting flights is worth whatever the upcharge is. I don't fly yeah. to – I fly the Caribbean every year for vacation. I don't do connecting flights. If, I, if, if it's on a straight shot, yeah. I don't go. I yeah, don't that's, go. that's a rookie mistake. De Niro, De Niro, it's 23 minutes until his flight boards from LaGuardia. Me watching at home, so help me fucking Christ. If he makes it from Long Island to LaGuardia in 23 goddamn minutes, I'm going to throw this remote through this fucking TV like Mariano Rivera did in 1990-fucking-nine. Pre-9-11, remember that. Does it? It's still physically impossible to get from any part of Long Island to LaGuardia in 23 minutes. I'm not Yeah, that is true. Ben Stiller does a kung fu kick spin around to a spy camera in a picture frame to talk shit to his father-in-law to be. Kevin Goatee would have done a five-minute roast followed by rubbing the camera on his taint. That's the difference (laughs) between Ben Stiller and Kevin Goatee. (laughs) This film is loved by people who think the TV show Friends was funny. (laughs) This film is so ballless, so cookie cutter, so vanilla, so office humor appropriate. The jokes are beyond lazy and the storyline so paint by number. De Niro was one of the bright spots. Who was the funniest person in this film? James Remar. That's who the funniest person in this film were in this bright doldrum of a comedy in quotes. Absolutely zero chance. And by the way, Will, the, the remote, the remote, the remote test if at any point you stumble upon this on cable while you're flipping around, do you drop the remote and go, yep, I'm good for the next half hour, hour, hour and a half, whatever. Absolutely zero chance of me rewatching this ever again. Complete failure of the remote test. This film can be summarized by three scenes. Can you milk me, Greg? Pull volleyball. And I'm watching you, fucker. Three out of ten. Fuck this film. This film is for dumb people, and it stinks. Kevin Whoa, Israel, the floor is yours. So I never saw this movie before. <laughs> hmm. I thought I'm, I saw I'm this shot. movie. I'm shocked. I'm very surprised. I never saw it. I don't like Ben Stiller. Me neither. I've never liked – I don't think I've liked anything he's ever done. The only movie I liked that he's done was Tropic Thunder. And I hated, and I hated that film too. As, I, I liked it, and I like it because of Robert Downey Jr. Um this I, I I thought I saw this because of all the scene. You hear all the quotes, and it's almost like the Mandela effect. Sooner or later, you just think it happened. And then the movie started, and I was like, "Oh, I have." I mean, I knew basically what it was about, but I didn't know how the whole movie went. And this is the least amount of notes I've ever took for took in a movie. Kevin covered pretty much everything because I was watching, and I was like, "I have nothing 
to say about this. It's just stupid. Like the whole movie was stupid. The, here's the thing about a movie. Movie, movie, movie making 101, movie writing 101. Have a character people can like. You can have a bunch of assholes, but there needs to be one person everyone can get behind and say, all right, I like this person for whatever reason. There was nobody likable in this movie. Nobody with any redeeming qualities. The antagonist of this, the protagonist of this movie, Greg, is what we would call, what um, <laughs> what Jews call a, uh, now I'm blanking on the word. This is how bad of a Jew I am. <laughs> Forget it. I can't even remember. Just describe it. Like, like a man. Sorry. He's called a nebbish. Yes. This is basically a pussy. He, he just sucks as a character. He's just a big pussy. And he's dating this, this girl who has a manly jaw, which really blew me away. That she had, he had more of a pronounced jaw than he did. And I just, I thought that was funny because it was like, oh, well, you know, he, he, he should have the strap on. <laughs> the whole movie, it just, there was nobody decent in this movie. And this movie follows, a, a pattern that a couple of movies we've covered on this podcast where you know who the bad guy was the girlfriend she ah, was the i knew that was mom. coming just like karate kid and just like uh footloose yep. she starts all the problems if she just stood up to her parents once and went dad you're being a dick cut it out none of this would have happened the whole movie would, there would have been a movie but instead she just lets it happen and then just keeps going oh greg i didn't mention this I didn't say that we were going to my ex-fiance's mansion where you're going to have to play in a pool with him? What? First of all, there were... The, the, like the, the tenth minute at their, ha- their house, I would have left. I would have been like this. <laughs> I wrote that now. exact thing down. Fuck I wrote you. that exact thing down. <laughs> it's only been ten months. I'll find another girl. This exactly. is ridiculous. That's like I'm, I, you're you're not that hot. Uh, I'm a male nurse. I know a bunch of hot nurses. I'll work it out. The, everybody ring, was like, an asshole. I'll to get him. this five grand back. You know this this eight grand whatever he spent on right. the ring. Totally agree. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna go get my money back, and you know I'll go hang out and wherever we, where we are now. I'll go it, bank pharmaceutical it, reps. Everything will be fine. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Kev knows how it works in the in the healthcare field. Yep. It's a, it's a very incestuous business. It's not hard. They, there was just there was nobody likable, nobody to get behind, and everybody was a bigger piece of shit than the next. And the mother, who like you thought was supposed to sort of be okay, still never said to like even when she was like, "Oh, give him a chance." Like, no, you say to the guy, "You're being a dickhead, Bob," whatever his name was in the movie. Just stop being an ass. Like, it's crazy. The 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 very famous uh, uh, lie detector scene. I would have been like, "No, I'm not taking." What do you? crazy you fucking weirdo no i'm going back to bed i'm gonna jerk off on your couch like this like it's just crazy that he sat there and was like yeah i'll I'll do this i hate it in movies where people act in ways that a real person wouldn't and in this movie you it was supposed to be set in reality and nobody was behaving like real people would and and greg never did anything greg never stands up for himself the whole movie, he never, never once really, he says stuff under his breath, but he never says anything. Like if he just once said to Robert De Niro, dickhead, nurses do all right. If you're a nurse for 10 years, you're actually making decent money, by the way, asshole. And like the whole, it was just, the whole movie was just fucking ridiculous. And all the jokes were stupid. Kevin said it perfectly. They telegraph every joke because they know the people watching this have the IQ of a guava. 
Like, so they're like, well, we better explain this to them because they're not going to understand why it was bad that the cat got out. And, and then like, even the stuff that happened, like the cat. So it was the different cat that was calm the entire time. And then they leave it alone and it just tears up the entire room. Like that's not how animals work. You would have known that that animal was a maniac from the get go. You don't just have to steal a cat. What's that? Like, if a cat, if it was that kind of cat, it would have shredded him up when he tried to steal right, it. Right. Yeah. And and cats, by the way, cats don't cats. And I, I'm not I'm not a cat guy, but cats don't behave like that. Cats don't, cats aren't massively destructive animals where they're really like I could see if you got the wrong dog if they came home with the wrong pit bull and it was just like oh shit, he just, but a fucking cat. I hated I I hated everything about this movie. Literally, I hated everything. The only scene that made me laugh was the urn scene. When the urn falls and, and, and De Niro goes, oh, like something about his reaction felt very real. Like it felt yeah. very like that. That, that was cool. the one moment where I really, really laughed. Okay. By the way, the drag race, a Mercedes big body V8 sedan would crush a Lincoln. There was not <laughs> even a question. There was it was just never happening. Even in the was- 2000. The uh, the uh, that Mercedes probably had three hundred plus horsepower. That Lincoln didn't even have two. That was such bull. I, I thought I since I never I saw this movie, I was like, oh, he's gonna crush the race, and and because he's in the Mercedes, that was utter utter. I thought the same thing. And also, did you notice that they were having like they would rev the engine with their facial movements and hand movements? Yeah. And I was like, is Stiller doing that? Is he like, mm, like on purpose? <laughs> right. And by the way, you can't really rev a rev an automatics engine unless you're not like that. Yeah. And they weren't doing it. Really. But that's neither here nor there. That, that's the most I, random I, problem with this movie. This movie sucked. This movie <laughs> I was, that was terrible. Great. It made me angry. I maybe I, I always felt feel like Ben Stiller is like the poor man Steve Carell. Like like Steve Carell does the socially awkward things so much better than Ben Stiller. But Steve Carell can also do other stuff where Ben Stiller is just this awkward guy who's always like sort of on. Un- he's the same guy. He's this. This is just like Melissa. Thank McCarthy. you. Thank you. He's the same fucking annoying yep. twatsome fucking character in every fucking film. And I absolutely mystery men's good. No, it's not. Night at the Museum is good. No, it's not. Reality Bites is good. No, it's not. The only film he actually was all right in, and it's only because he had another cast of characters who kind of offset his annoyingness, something about Mary. And even that, although good at the time, still kind of like, eh, it's all right now. It's not bad. It's not as great as we remember it, that's for sure. But that is the only film I can tolerate Ben Stiller in. I I can't stand him, and I cannot fucking stand Jack Black. Both are hard. I I like like I like Stiller and Dodgeball. I just want to say, give the guy. I want to I give the guy. I hate that movie. fucking film. That's what I hate the most. That film <laughs> but I liked him in it. I thought he was like at least trying something. You know what I mean? At least well, he's yeah, not he just wasn't. Like the guy he wasn't from, just himself. Yeah, the guy I, from I, Reality Bites. I just watched. Uh, I just watched Thunder Force with Melissa McCarthy. Oof! And oh. it was terrible. It was as bad. Who as is that movie for, man? What's like? I, we've, I've been saying, I've been discussing this like with my uh, fiance. I was like, who? I can't understand. If you're an Octavia Davis fan, Octavia Spencer fan, like you don't want to see the movie, really, if you like dramas. If you're maybe a Melissa McCarthy fan, you might want to watch it because it's like her typical shit. But if you're like an action movie superhero fan, you're probably not a Melissa McCarthy or an Octavia Spencer yeah. fan. It's just like this. And I hate the fucking sing along, like Kiss from a Rose thing that's in the trailer. It was, it was as bad as, it was probably worse than you would think it was. 
it but looks just like it just proves that Melissa McCarthy is the same character in every movie. She just changes the levels of like obnoxious, socially awkward, loud. Yeah. And that's what basically Ben Stiller is the same, the male version. Like he just ups how socially awkward or annoying he is. And he makes and silly faces like, <laughs> yeah. like he's yeah. like, you know, yeah. like he's having a bad uh, reaction to a medication he's trying or, he, well, or he's trying to say he's choking without being able well, to say that he's choking. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy, her her comedy trick is she goes, oh, my undercarriage, or oh, my crotch. Like, right? yeah. and, and, oh, I and, shit my pants. Yay, good for you. All and, that Second City really worked out for the best, right. huh? If your, whole, if your whole comedy angle is, oh, my God, ladies shouldn't be saying that. Yeah. You're bad at comedy. <laughs> like, if that's your whole thing, you, you then, you But here's the thing. Melissa McCarthy is good. Like, I watched that, uh, Can You Forgive Me? And she's great. You know why? Because she's not Melissa McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Ben Stiller's comedy mad. trick. Ben Stiller's comedy trick is he just gets finally pushed to his limit. And he's like, "Listen here, you silly little goose man. You think you're a little baby man, but you're not. You're up there doing your little thing, man." And like, then he, he does, that's his thing. He does. Yeah. He goes, "You know, I just watched Ace Ventura for the four hundred thirty fourth time. Let me let me try and channel Jim Carrey without the talent. <laughs> I can do that." So yeah, it's uh, he and and the re- the reason I think something about Mary was is redeemable is because it was the first really the first time most of us were saw Ben Stiller in in any of these kind of roles. So it's a great movie too. So we Italian, yeah, and and if, I mean that was if that was like the first of it, but then he just kept being that same guy, just amplified throughout his his film his filmography, and it's yeah, this, this movie was this was bad and it was painful to watch it wasn't it, it just you know you just fun. kind of you kind of just something about mary was kind of like the birth of this like embarrassed ben stiller genre that existed right. for like a decade you know right, right. and then <laughs> you know what? And if you look at all his other movies that you like they're um along came polly oh won't even bother won't even bother the the what's his name uh who is philip the, seymour he was, the, he was the diving instructor who ends up sleeping with his wife but he's he's a fa- he's he's famous at uh, fuck, I, uh I can't remember his name. He was funny in that. He had he because he's just this ridiculous character. The rest of the movie was terrible. But I always think of that movie and I'm like, I think I like that movie. But then I realized I just like his character for the five minutes he was on screen, and that's what Ben Stiller yeah. does in a lot of his movies. He has these other characters who like who you like kind of like, and then you forget. Oh, but I hate Ben Stiller. <laughs> So yeah, I unfortunately, and I apologize for not having more thorough notes. I just had nothing to say about it. It's just a bad movie, and I give it a three. Kevin so, Goatee really said it all too. I mean, he really yeah, he kind of, Kev oh, it, covered it. The two of you did your job. <laughs> I'm just so that, Kevin Israel, this is a a first. All three of the sh- people on the show gave it the same exact score. Three wow. never happened before. This is, we that means I picked a good one. I feel it's, good that like I picked a real stinker. Yeah, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, and I we've agreed on on our scores the same, but the, sometimes the, the guests have a different one. But I've never threes are wild today, kids. Dealer's choice. Let's go. Seven stud. Andy up. Critics five star reviews. Critics five star reviews. Critics five star reviews. Critics five star reviews. Meet the Parents isn't as funny as There's Something About Mary, nor as outrageous, but it confirms that Ben Stiller is the best of today's young practitioners of frustration comedy. I think it's more frustrating that people actually hail him as a comedic actor. How about you guys? 
I like the term frustration. Comedy. I know. I didn't know that was a thing. It's, it's, I think it's every, it's how I feel when I'm doing comedy a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you quitting? <laughs> then if, if you do frustration comedy, I do disappointment comedy. I think, Ugh. I think check spots are frustration comedy. <laughs> 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 check, check spots are like the meet the parents of movies yeah <laughs> alas poor Fokker he can't help himself and we can't help ourselves from falling about equally helpless at this superbly antic movie yeah fuck you contains enough belly laughs and sly jokes to become one of the bigger crowd pleasers of the fall belly laughs from who people that say people that always laugh at someone who says that's what she said <laughs> That's what I think. Astutely observed, subtly played, and consistently hilarious. Here's one that made me yell, that doesn't happen. A definite must-see that's perfect for a guy's night out or a relaxing date. Hey, Kevin, hey, bros, you want to go see Boiler Room, Requiem for a Dream, or Meet the Parents? Nah, let's just go to a, straight to the bar and lie to women to get laid. <laughs> This film is almost too real to be funny. It is one uncomfortable moment after another, and that's what Stiller does best. But director Roach would have done well to tone it down a bit. Interesting critique. Yeah. (laughs) That's why no one should take what critics say seriously for a fucking nanosecond. Critics, one-star reviews. Never before have such two skilled actors been so monstrously squandered in a movie so replete with failed gags and pathetic, pathetic gaffes. Who are the two actors besides De- who's the other actor besides De Niro? De Niro and Stiller, is that what they mean? No, they meant James Rebar and uh, Reborn and uh, Blythe Danner. <laughs> Overbearingly cruel and only modestly funny. I agree with that. Plays like a 30-minute sitcom that overstays its welcome for more than an hour. Yeah. Meet the parents is a meet the parents is a one, well, maybe two joke idea that starts out goofy and fun, but soon runs out of verbal or visual ammunition. That was another thing I noticed after like I, you know, my memories of this franchise were more of like the Barbara Streisand Dustin Hoffman sequels. And then, you know, even though it had a budget of fifty-five million. I'm, I was like, wow, this doesn't look as good as those other movies at all. Like, and it's not, doesn't look like you can't see that budget. I bet most of that 55 million was salary. Sal- it's just like salary. Salaries. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, cause there's, does not look like it at all. Maybe animal training for jinx the cat, but that's it. Also, I must say the guy who delivers the uh, package, like the guy who shows up with like, he's like uh Greg, like he's got his, oh, he's got his luggage from the airline. He's a comedian named Frank Santarelli who who lives up here in Boston now, um, and I see him all the time. Like, so I, I see him constantly. So it was like pretty cool to see him. He was oh. also the bartender on The Sopranos. <laughs> but where was so he bartender? Watching, in, in, in what? In the Bada Bang. At the Bada Bang. Okay. Yeah, he was the one that kept his ass kicked. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know. I rewatched so Sopranos like six months ago. It's still fucking great. And this was all in that period of time, you know. So it was like he was hot. He was getting he was getting some good parts. So this was uh-huh. he, and, now he's, this and, I, and now I he's and now he's doing check. Is this now he's doing check spots at Nick's Comedy Stop? Poor bastard. He's still doing. He's still doing just fine. But I mean, 
this was like his rock and roll days where he was like, oh, I'm going from the set of Meet the Parents to the Soprano set. You know what I mean? Like in Jersey. But he, you know uh, how it is. It was cool to see him. Like I was like, oh, I was like, but, but even he was like not in it enough. And I'm like, it's so funny that they got like a stand up to do that. Like it was just like, here's your package. And I, and they got Friedlander to just be the guy at the drugstore. The drugstore. Yeah. 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 Amazon five star reviews. Five star reviews. Amazon five star reviews. Oh Lord. It somehow got funnier. How does that even happen? I literally. <laughs> Yes, there were tears, cried with laughter during some of the most cringeworthy scenes. My 13-year-old daughter had to leave the room a couple of times because she couldn't handle the escalation and humiliation. My younger daughter screamed with laughter. I'm going to bet you boys this. They have a stitched pillow or stitched sign in their house somewhere that says, bless this mess. I was going to say, those sound like the fake reviews that I write for myself on iTunes. Come on. <laughs> this, guy's, this, guy, yeah, this guy's not a queef. <laughs> <laughs> so the next weekend, I went in and found myself howling out loud, doubled over about how crazy and deliriously funny this picture was. I hated the, old, the whole ad campaign as much as those dumb commercials on TV by an unnamed hamburger chain. But while watching Meet the Parents, the context of these scenes were fleshed out and the result was equal parts nonsense and intelligence. It made the film first a first-class winner, the funniest picture of the year. Please note that I pay to see more than 50 films a year, and I don't do it for a living. Seeing a movies in the theater are a joy to me, and time is more important than money. Meet the Parents lowered my expectations going in, and it came out a winner, big time. It's on my list of the top 10 pictures released in 2000. I think this person also pays for sexual intercourse some way or somehow. <laughs> There are a That's few. It. There are a few more in this that are that are, that are just cringe, like butthole pucker up, cringeworthy. Show me a man that's kental. Sorry. Show me a man that's gentle and kind, and I'll show you a loser. That's it. Greatest movie ever made. Watch it every night of my eighth grade year of middle school, and I'm happy to let you know that I know every single word word to meet the parents. LOL. This movie and the wedding singer are all you need. Oh, imagine being friends with a guy who's always quoting. <laughs> Meet the parents every time he gets drunk. I can milk. Uh, can you milk me? All right. All right, John. I got 20 bucks <laughs> saying one of two things, probably two of two things. A, he was a theater ma major in college. B, he's an improv class student right now at UCB. See, <laughs> so, I was going to say to me, it's like totally like I grew up Mormon. PG-13 was the most I could get. Yeah. So this is, my, this is my American pie. Like the, This, this, is, yeah, like, this is the second best thing since Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also an egregious piece of shit. Next yeah. one. My favorite movie. If you can't laugh at this one, you need a personality transplant. Paging Dr. Godey and Dr. Israel. Paging Dr. Goatee and Dr. Israel. <laughs> I have seen I this love movie. A personality transplant. Right? If you can't laugh at this one, that means you graduated high school. Oh, barely. At night. <laughs> I... I have seen this movie several times, but I still fall out of my chair laughing at some of the sla comic, the classic slapstick scenes. Okay. You fall out of your chair laughing like I fly Spirit Airlines. Both of these don't happen. <laughs> Lap slapping funny. Is that kind of like block rock and beats? Did I miss something there? Or? 
Definitely not laps, laughing funny. Come on. That's insulting to laps and slaps. <laughs> Whenever somebody says lap slapping, I think of comics who, when they hit their punchline, they slap their leg. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's that. It's or like the mic on the leg, like, like Dave Chappelle. Yeah. yeah. I call that the Pavlov, the Pavlov's dog treatment. 100% what it is. Yeah. I only did that comics once. do it. I did it once in my life after watching Chappelle for like, I watched Chappelle and I did a set and I did it. And I was like, you unbelievable (laughs) fool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. It was like minded idiot. Did you sit? I was like, what are you? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You weak minded fool. Did you sit on a stool and chain smoke 15, chain smoke 15 seconds and do three and a half hours? But I totally did do the thing where I like laughed at my own bit and I was like, (laughs) And I was like, okay, like control yourself. And then I come back and find Kevin and find Key and Peel stole my show. Start doing bits about my black childhood. Yeah. <laughs> Remember on the set when I was talking about the racist KKK guy who turned out to be a black guy? Oh, wait. <laughs> Clayton Bixby. Clayton Bixby. Clayton Bixby. That's it. Amazon one star reviews. Amazon one star reviews. The movie, this movie stressed me out. Too many bad things to happen to this poor guy. Not my kind of slapstick. This movie stressed you out. I would love to introduce you to the New Jersey Turnpike, Chopsticks, and the anal rape scene in Requiem for a Dream. That will stress you out. True. Not sure how this can be a comedy. Disappointing. No story plot. Foul humor. Expected more, especially with Ben Stiller. (laughs) I like that. That was Kevin's review. Yeah, this, per- th- this person eats a lot of Salisbury steak microwave dinners, I bet. <laughs> the movie drags on and on and on. And once you thing this young man, I copy and paste. I don't fucking edit. Once you thing this young man is in the clear, here comes some more stuff to mess with them. It just gets tired. And I'm sorry, but De Niro should stick with dramatic roles. He's not he's not funny in this or analyze this. Ben Stiller has talent, and it was sad to see him wasted in this predictable movie. Boy, I can't wait for the second one. And yes, they are making that. Thanks, Hollywood, for taking this bad idea and running into the ground. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> it all caps. Kevin. This yes, it was all caps. Three more. That's a, strap in. That's this a Kevin a Brennan. Kevin Brennan like review. That's yeah. what it sounded like. I'm done. You forgot the N word. Listen, readers. <laughs> listen, readers. I am going to make this short, which he did not or she. This movie has about two good laughs. This humor isn't so so bad. It's good humor, similar to something like in. Nothing but trouble. That movie, Nothing But Trouble, is what they oh, referenced. Yeah. It is just plain bad. I have seen horror movies that have, have funnier comic relief than this provides for the running time. And if you think that that is a turnoff, it seems as long as The Stand. You ever wondered why it says there are 39 used copies for sale? That is because everyone wants to get rid of it. De Niro and his agent must have been on Puff the Magic Dragon. On a good side, the acting is well, and Owen Wilson is cool, even in, in this wasted role. Overall, too much attempted humor and not enough real humor. One star out of four. By the way, I have never heard the word good mixed in when discussing the film Nothing But Trouble. How about you two? No, and I don't like that random shot at the stand. Why are you even bringing the stand into this? Why are you trying to Because it's the only make- thing the guy knew that was long. Yeah. <laughs> The acting is a great is, book. Yeah, it is a great book. 
the acting is plain old grotesque and wooden. Even the most wooden, <laughs> even worse than the wor- horrible writing and flat jokes combined. You can't say bomb on an airplane. Bomb, 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 bomb. If you want to laugh at 2000 comedy material, stick to the trailers of this film, parentheses, which are strikingly more funny than the film itself. Chicken Run or the unintentionally amusing sci-fi action thriller Battlefield Earth. And P.S. What? If you could, yeah, P.S. And if you can, if you think nothing can flaw it more, it's also boring as well. I've never. We, how many episodes are we in now? Seventy something. I've never heard Chicken Run nor Battlefield Earth referenced in anything we've ever done. And Battlefield podcast. Earth was truly just a dog shit movie. Guess who saw Chicken that in the theater? This guy. <laughs> Whoa, really? Guess who walked out of that film? <laughs> this guy. John Travolta Chicken Run was like a number one in Chicken Run was like a number one in the UK too for for a while. So that was probably a UK review because they were like they they referenced Chicken Run like we referenced like Citizen Kane. (laughs) No Chicken Run signed signed John Cleese. No, not not excuse me. Not only was was this film not funny, I found it achingly sad to see an actor of De Niro's caliber to be starring in a film which relied on so much physical comedy, bathroom humor, and unclever wordplay devices. Oh, yeah, like Fokker is such a clever, funny name. Whatever. I thought I was watching a film by those idiots who made There's Something About Mary. Hey, those idiots also made Dumb and Dumber, so go shove a fucking hot poker up your urethra, you cunts. The the premise is believable for about 10 seconds. Then all this mumbo-jumbo about De Niro's character being linked with the CIA – and mixing that with his odd attachment to a cat, a bizarre edible thing for his mother's ashes and poor poetry interpretation skills, coupled with the horror of painfully watching Blythe Danner try to sleepwalk her way through her role was torturous. Add this to the simple fact that Ben Stiller is not funny. The headline <laughs> of this last review says everything we need to know. Ready? Yeah, well, People buy Backstreet Boys albums too. There are not there are not enough words to express that caught my eye in a heartbeat. There are not enough words to express how bad this movie is. It actually made me squirm while watching it. If you like something about Mary, which was also painful to watch, although it had a funny moment or two, CPR on the dog was a highlight. You actually might like this one too, but it is even worse. If you'd like to see Ben Stiller in a movie that is actually funny and has some heart, check out Keeping the Faith. I don't know that movie. Me neither. Ed, Nor- Ed Norton and him. Actually, it is a cool, uh, pretty good movie. Ed Norton plays, it's weird too, Ed Norton plays a priest. Uh, ben Stiller plays a rabbi. and they You don't say. Both in lo- they are both in love with Jenna Elfman. And definitely a fiction tale. Definitely a fiction tale. And Ed Norton directed it. (laughs) And it's a rom com. So weird. Jenna Elfin putting asses in the seats, huh? It's a very strange movie. Uh, And it's just weird because uh, what's his name? Ed Norton plays a priest who's like struggling with the fact that he's in love with this woman, but he plays it very like just gay. So it's like, I thought the whole movie he was just going to come out as gay at the end. Like I thought that was the point of the movie, but no, uh, he just gave her the Lord. He's gay for me, Jesus. Kevin Unlike Israel, Lord, who was the name of the Greg Same. Parker. 
See, See? that's Welcome where the together. name comes from. It all comes together. Call back, Kevin Israel. Did Will Noonan gut the sacred cow? Will Noonan did gut the sacred cow. Aha! But I will add that this gutting was like the end of Death Proof when all of the girls stand, sit around Kurt Russell and just beat the shit out of him. And then finally, Will Noonan face stomped him. <laughs> That's how this gutting worked. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you randomly come up with Death Proof or did you see that I was also hating Death Proof the other day? Or is that just a random? No, I just, somebody, some, I saw somebody else post that actual clip of that scene of all three of them just beating him. I don't know. That's if so weird. I just watched that like not that long ago and I did love that part of it, but I was like, there's some long, boring scenes in that movie, man. Like, it takes a while to get to the point. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt Russell licking her feet will never, was just like burned into my face. Yeah. But Kurt Russell okay, looks Terrence, awesome you know, we get it. What, what is Kurt Russell not awesome in? Uh, he's the man. He's my hero. One of my hair. He's my hair hero. When I, as I age, I want to get more into the Kurt Russell hair department. I'll trade for that. I agree <laughs> that, uh, that that gutting was apropos, but I will say this didn't take much to do. This was just a slight boop. And that cow <laughs> fell over because this film fucking stinks. You just delivered the coup de gras. You know, you gave the old uh, Toro Hanzi, uh, Toro Hanzi sword to the jugular and just put them out of their misery and took it out. But this film fucking stinks. I don't know. I, people who defend this film are fucking stupid. That's the bottom line. That's what I've taken out of this. So congratulations, Will. You're one to know on this podcast. I feel that makes me feel very good. Thank you, guys. It was a, this was a fun podcast to do. I must say there's a lot of homework, but I enjoyed it. I'm a hard worker. I'm a good I appreciate. Boy. I appreciate your notes, <laughs> yeah. and I appreciate you taking the time to do that. Hey, Will, why don't you tell everybody yet again what you're up to, where we can find you? Check out the Noonan Show on YouTube, uh, right here. We got some merchandise. There are links there too. But uh, that's every day we have content, uh, ten minutes or so, nice. uh, every single day, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I also have albums on all the places you can get them, and WillNoonan.com is my website. So. And Twitter, all that shit. I'm easy. Will Noonan. Just type it in. Fantastic. And if you ever need to do a voiceover for a Broken Arrow video game, they know who to reach out to. Uh, I do it for free. I just do that for free. Because it would be such an honor. Yeah. Sign me up. Or the one where it rained. Remember the one where he just fights rain? He's like, ah, won't stop raining and Mississippi rain or something like oh, that. The, oh, yeah. I know that. Yeah. What was the name? I'm was a small a, town what, sheriff. That yeah. was, a, was it like hard rain or something hard rain. like that? Hard was rain. It? I'm right? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, hard rain. Pull that yeah. right whoop, out of the ass. Wow, that's fucking yeah. Was it Was Stallone in that, too? I feel like there was a big action. I, I think Morgan Freeman was in that, right? Yeah. Was, it was Mini, Mini Driver, oof. Christian Slater. It's just, and it's just, it's fl- a flood. It's like, ah, what are we going to yeah. do? It's raining. <laughs> that was the back when they were just taking every like natural element and turning it into a monster. Yeah. That's because like, this, is, this is what's coming to get you yeah, this time. Yeah. Please, was, watch I, out. I, I blame, I blame Twister, which also spawned Dante's Peak, which also spawned Deep Impact, which also spawned Armageddon, which also spawned Dark uh, Rain, whatever the fuck we just said, Dark Rain, Heavy Rain, whatever the fuck that is. All those disaster films were like, I'm done. After Twister, it's like, nah, that's it. We're, uh, we're good. Thank you. Uh, yeah. The Day After Tomorrow, all that horse shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it never bothered with that. One. What was that one? 2012. Never. Oh. Yeah. 
That was ridiculous. That's one of the drunk key sex. I did see that, and it was terrible. Every scene is by the skin of their teeth. He chases the world. He runs from the world falling apart in a limousine. (laughs) It's the most ridiculous scene ever. I mean, if you're going to travel, travel in style with Argyle from Die Hard driving that limo, right? (laughs) Kevin Israel, where where can the, uh, the good folks find you? Uh, KevinIsrael.com for my dates. I'm at Foxwoods Casino up in Connecticut, usually every month. So check out my dates and hopefully more comedy coming in. Kevin Israel, uh, like I said, .com. The struggle is real. And give us a five-star rating and a a couple-sentence review on whatever platform you listen to us on. It helps. It means a lot to us. And we'll feature you on our social media because we love you so much. Couldn't send it any better, so I'll just add an addendum. KevinGoatee.com dates in there coming in as well. CuttingTheSacredCow.com every day for blogs, merch, as we mentioned. If you want to advertise with us, you've heard ads already. CuttingTheSacredCow at gmail.com. Check that out. We're on Clubhouse every Thursday night at 8, every Tuesday night, 9 Eastern Standard Time. We do our one-joke workout room on Tuesday where we invite comics to come in and listen to them work out of material. So if you're a fan of comedy, Come on in, check that out. And Thursday night, we're talking film. So come on to Clubhouse and give us a, a looky-loo. But uh, listen, thanks again for tuning in to Gutting the Sacred Cow. We love you guys. Thank you so much for all the kind words and shout-outs and retweets and all that horse shit. We appreciate you. We love you to death. And we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. So keep it coming, kids. And uh, that's it. Next time, we'll take care, and we'll see you later. Peace. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.